Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to your email from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 10, The Delusional Thought System. We're also mindful of our review lesson today, review lesson 209, which is a review of lesson 189. And like all the lessons in this review is embraced within the thought, I am as God created me. Whoops, I didn't say it right. I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. Today's review lesson being, I feel the love of God within me now and by way of opening this morning gosh I just was so happy to found, find this poem from Rumi that goes like this addressing our father you have no idea how hard I've looked for a gift to bring to you nothing seemed right what's the point of bringing gold to the gold mine or water to the ocean Everything I came up with was like taking spices to the Orient. It's no good giving my heart and my soul because you already have these. So I've brought you a mirror. Look at yourself and remember me. I feel the love of God within me now. Amen. <laughs> That's a wonderful room. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks to Rumi, wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for your enthusiasm on that, Laurie. It was really well (laughs) preserved. Thanks, guys. It was fun to find that. Okay, here's our reading list this morning. We have Lee, Yvonne, Fran. Uh, let's see, Patricia, Robin Marie, Jessica, and Lana. And we're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Karen, Steve, Harrison, and Mary. Have I missed anyone, or is there anyone else who's joined the call that would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Morning, Sandra. It's Micah. I'll read after Sandra. Oh, very good. Thanks, Micah. Oops. One moment. Pardon that ringing phone. Okay. Hey, Laurie. Thanks, everyone. Catherine, I'm listening. Yeah. Oh, hi, Catherine. Catherine. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. All right. So, 
Once again, we pick up with where we left off in Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality, with Section 10, The Delusional Thought System. You've been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. And you have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself, the little thought that seems split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. Yet this wild and delusional thought needs help because in its delusion, it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom it set apart to tyrannize by madness into obedience and slavery. Lee. Chapter 18, The Dream and the Reality. Section 10, The Delusional Thought System. You have been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. And you have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself, the little thought that seems split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. Yet this wild and delusional thought needs help because in its delusions it thinks it is the Son of God, whole and omnipotent, sole ruler of the kingdom it's set apart to tyrannize by madness into obedience and slavery. 85. This is the little part of you you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness, guarded by attack, and reinforced by hate. Within its barricades, is still a tiny segment of the Son of God, complete and holy, serene, and unaware of what you think surrounds it. Be you not separate, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. Thank you, Lee. And Devon. Thank you, Laurie. This is a little part of you you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness, guarded by attack, and reinforced by hate. Within its barricades is still a tiny segment of the Son of God, complete and holy, serene and unaware of what you think surrounds it. Be you not separate, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, 
returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. Well, how is this done? It is extremely simple, being based on what this little kingdom really is. The barren sands, the darkness, and the lifelessness are seen only through the body's eyes. Its vision is distorted, and the the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited, and so fragmented they are meaningless. From the world of the bodies, from, from the world of bodies made by insanity, insane messages seem to be returned to the mind which made it. And these messages bear witness to this world, pronouncing it as true. For you sent these messages to bring this back to you. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Fran. 86. How is this done? It is extremely simple, being based on what this little kingdom really is. The barren sands, the darkness, and the lifelessness are seen only through the body's eyes. Its vision is distorted, and the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited and so fragmented they are meaningless. From the world of bodies made by insanity, insane messages seem to be returned to the mind which made it, and these messages bear witness to this world pronouncing it as true, for you sent forth these messengers to bring this message to you. 87. Everything these messages relay to you is quite external. There are no messages which speak of what lies underneath for it is not the body that could speak of this. Its eyes perceive it not. Its senses remain quite unaware of it. Its tongue cannot relay its messages. Yet God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through seeming terror, trusting him not to abandon you and leave you there. For it is not his purpose to frighten you, but only yours. You are severely attempted you are severely tempted to abandon him at the outside ring of fear, but he would lead you safely through and far beyond. Thank you, Fran. And Patricia. 87. Everything these messages relay to you is quite external. There are no messages which speak of what lies underneath. For it is not the body that could speak of this. Its eyes perceive it not. Its senses remain quite unaware of it. Its tongue cannot relay its messages. Yet God can. God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through singing terror, trusting him not to abandon you and leave you there. For it is not his purpose to frighten you, but only yours. You are severely tempted 
to abandon him at the outside ring of fear. But he would lead you safely through and far beyond. 88. The circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all the insane attacks the fury, vengeance, and betrayal that one made to keep the guilt in place so that the world could rise from it and keep it hidden. Its shadows rise to the surface enough to hold its most external manifestations in darkness and to bring despair and loneliness to it and keep it joyless. Yes, its insanity is veiled by its heavy covering and kept apart from what was made to keep it hidden. The body cannot see this. The body cannot do this, for the body arose from this for its protection, which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see what it Thank you, Patricia. And from Marie. 88. The circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. <coughs> Here... Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all the insane attacks, the fury, the vengeance, and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place so that the world could rise from it and keep it hidden. Its shadow rises to the surface, enough to hold its most external manifestations in darkness and to bring despair and loneliness to it, and keep it joyless. Yet its intensity is veiled by its heavy coverings and kept apart from what was made to keep it hidden. The body cannot see this, for the body arose for, for, from this for its protection, which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see what it dictates. 89. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion 
which seems to make it heavy and opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it is as a fragile veil before the light. Thank you, Robin Marie and Jessica. Thank you, Lori. Um, 89. The body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs as long as you believe that guilt is real. For the reality of guilt is the illusion which seems to make it heavy and opaque, impenetrable, and a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light behind it, and then you see it as a fragile veil before the light. This heavy-seeming barrier This artificial floor, which looks like rock, is like a bank of low, dark clouds that seem to be a solid wall before the sun. Its impenetrable appearance is wholly an illusion. It gives way softly to the mountaintops, which rise above it and has no power at all to hold back anyone willing to climb above it and see the sun. It is not strong enough to stop a button's fall, nor hold a feather. Nothing can rest upon it, for it is but an illusion of a foundation. Try but to touch it, and it disappears. Attempt to grasp it, and your hands hold nothing. Thank you, Jessica and Lena. Okay, 90. This heavy-seeming barrier, this artificial floor, which looks like rock, is like a bank of low dark clouds that seem to be a solid wall before the sun. Its impenetrable appearance is wholly an illusion. It gives way softly to the mountaintops which rise above it and has no power at all to hold back anyone willing to climb above it and see the sun. It is not strong enough to stop a button's fall nor hold a feather. Nothing can rest upon it for it is but an illusion of a foundation. Try but to touch it, and it disappears. Attempt to grasp it, and your hands hold nothing. Yet in this cloud bank, it is easy to see a whole world rising, a solid mountain range, a lake, a city, all rise in your imagination. And from the cloud, 
the messengers of your perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there. Figures stand out and move about. Actions seem real and forms appear and shift from loveliness to the grotesque. And back and forth they go, as long as you would play the game of children's make-believe. Yet however long you play it, and regardless of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. Thank you, Lana and Sandra. <clears throat> 91. Yet in this cloud bank, it is easy to see a whole world rising, a solid mountain range, a lake, a city, all rise in your imagination. And from the clouds, the messengers of your perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there. Figures stand out and move about. Actions seem real, and forms appear and shift from loveliness to grotesque. And back and forth they go, as long as you would play the game of children's make-believe. Yet, however long you play it, and regardless of how much imagination you bring to it, you do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. 92. So should it be with the dark clouds of guilt, no more impenetrable and no more substantial. You will not bruise yourself against them in traveling through. Let your guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them. For beneath them is a world of light whereon they cast no shadows. Their shadows lie upon the world beyond them, still further from the light. Yet from them to the light, their shadows cannot fall. Thank you, Sandra. And Micah. Okay, 92. So should it be with the dark clouds of guilt, no more impenetrable and no more substantial. You will not bruise yourself against them in traveling through. Let your guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them. For beneath them is a world of light whereon they cast no shadows. Their shadows lie beyond the world. Wait, sorry. Their shadows lie upon the world beyond them still further from the light. Yet from them to the light, their shadows cannot fall. 93. This world of light, the circle of brightness, is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here, the world outside is seen anew, without the shadow of guilt upon it. 
Here are you forgiven, for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception where everything is bright and shining with innocence, washed in the waters of forgiveness and cleansed cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here there is no attack upon the Son of God, and you are welcome. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. Thank you, Micah. And is there a new reader for 9394? Me. Ida. Without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven, for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is a new perception, where everything is bright and shining with innocence, washed in the waters of forgiveness, and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here there is no attack upon the Son of God, and you are welcome. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. Just a second. 94. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led here you are led that God himself can take the final step unhindered, for here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take, transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of light. Nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. Amen. Thank you, Ida. And is there another new reader to complete today with 94? Is that you, Judy? It is, Lori, but I'm sorry. my I've got the, a different book, and I don't know where it starts. Okay. I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, sweetie. 
Anyone else for 94? Okay, back to you, Lee. Yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing, but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led that God himself can take the final step unhindered. For here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take, transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of light. Nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. Thank you, Lee. And thank you, everyone who read this morning. Uh, so to recap, the delusional thought system, starting with paragraph 84, you have been told to bring the darkness to the light and guilt to holiness. You have also been told that error must be corrected at its source. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself, the little thought that seems split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. The rest is fully in God's keeping and needs no guide. 85. This little part of you, you think you stole from heaven. Give it back to heaven. Heaven has not lost it, but you have lost sight of heaven. Let the Holy Spirit remove it from the withered kingdom in which you set it off, surrounded by darkness. Be you not separate, for the one who does surround it has brought union to you, returning your little offering of darkness to the eternal light. In 86, the barren sands, the darkness and the lifelessness are seen only through the body size. Its vision is distorted and the messages it transmits to you who made it to limit your awareness are little and limited and so fragmented they are meaningless. You sent forth these messengers to bring this back to you. In 87, everything these messages relate to you is quite external. There are no messages which speak of what lies underneath. Yet, God can bring you there if you are willing to follow the Holy Spirit through the seeming terror, trusting Him not to abandon you and leave you there. You are severely tempted to abandon Him at the outside ring of fear, but He will lead you safely through and far beyond. In 88, the circle of fear lies just below the level the body sees and seems to be the whole foundation on which the world is based. Here are all the illusions, all the twisted thoughts, all these insane attacks, the fury, the vengeance and betrayal that were made to keep the guilt in place so that the world could rise from it and keep the guilt hidden. The body cannot see this, for the body arose from this for its protection, which must always depend on keeping it not seen. The body's eyes will never look on it, yet they will see what it dictates. 
in 89, the body will remain guilt's messenger and will act as it directs as long as you believe that guilt is real. The guilt illusion seems a real foundation for the ego's thought system. Its thinness and transparency are not apparent until you see the light beyond it. And then you see it as a fragile veil before the light. In 90, this heavy-seeming barrier has no power at all to hold back anyone. Nothing can rest upon it, for it is but an illusion of a foundation. In 91, in your imagination, the messengers of your perception return to you, assuring you that it is all there, back and forth they go, as long as you would play the game. But do not confuse it with the world below, nor seek to make it real. In 92, you will not bruise yourself against these dark clouds of guilt in traveling through. Let your guide teach you their unsubstantial nature as he leads you past them, for beneath them is a world of light, whereon they cast no shadows. In 93, this world of light the circle of brightness is the real world where guilt meets with forgiveness. Here the world outside is seen anew without the shadow of guilt upon it. Here are you forgiven for here you have forgiven everyone. Here is the new perception where everything is bright shining with innocence washed in the waters of forgiveness and cleansed of every evil thought you had laid upon it. Here is your innocence waiting to clothe you and protect you and make you ready for the final step in the journey inward. Here are the dark and heavy garments of guilt laid by and gently replaced by purity and love. And finally in 94, yet even forgiveness is not the end. Forgiveness does make lovely, but it does not create. It is the source of healing but it is the messenger of love and not its source. Here you are led that God himself can take the final step unhindered, for here does nothing interfere with love, letting it be itself. A step beyond this holy place of forgiveness, a step still further inward, but the one you cannot take, transports you to something completely different. Here is the source of light. Nothing perceived, forgiven, or transformed, but merely known. Merely known. <laughs> Amen. The floor is open. Beautiful, Laurie. Thank you. So Thank nice, you. Laurie. Thank you. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. Thanks, Lori. Wow. I think this this is one of the most emotional uh, sections in the whole book, uh, which I have said in recent months is not a book to me, really, because I was given a vision that it was it is a being that was fathered by Jesus and and of course, Helen is the, the mother. It's a being. But anyway, yeah. Um, because it goes 
way down into the darkness and the ring of fear and how we can we can safely get through that because um, God and the Holy Spirit will take us through there and we can trust him not to abandon us and leave us there. But then when we get to the real world and it makes everything lovely with our forgiveness and then finally the only God himself can take the final step. It's just a wonderful tour through, I guess, the, the main principles of the entire book. Huh. Wow. Here is the source of light, nothing perceived, forgiven, nor transformed, but merely known. Thanks. I'm complete. That's Thank wonderful, you, Ida. Thank you. Thank you. I totally agree. Uh, I was thinking the same things about it being everything we're being taught. Thanks. Thank you, Jessica. This is Lana. Um, This section, uh, I agree with with you, Ida. It, It is like a a capsule of just about everything um, that Jesus would want us to know. And so many of the sections, it always amazes me how Jesus can bring the whole entire course to one section, and he does it so brilliantly so many times, if not all cases. Um, He keeps reminding me that the truth is simple. Uh, Not always easy, but simple. And... And this brings me back to an experience, and I'll try to keep it short because I know we're coming to the top of the hour. And I've shared it before, but it, it, this section just validates the experience so, so brilliantly <laughs> um, uh, that uh, every time I read it, I'm taken back in time uh, to when um, uh, my last year as a freelance artist, when I did it... Um, uh, professionally, uh, was my best year. It was I made a lot of money that year <clears throat> selling my art. And um, the following year, so I had a lot of tax liability because of it. And the following year, uh, we had to crash. It was 2008. And, of course, everybody stopped buying art. And I had no money <laughs> to pay my taxes. And so I um, put them off. And then... You know, the IRS started sending me their little friendly letters, and I was living in Boston at the time, and uh, I remember um, having to go in to meet with them and just being in a state of terror. I remember so vividly sitting on that bench outside the the building, um, you know, and in that circle of fear, trying to get up the courage to go in. And it was then that Jesus gave me that beautiful message that just has traveled with me since that day. And it was, um, and he and he was speaking of this circle of fear and how it can, although it's not strong enough to hold a feather and it's an illusion, it can seem like such a solid barrier 
that um, you can't penetrate it. And uh, Jesus placed the thought in my mind that, uh, the truth in my mind, that just beyond my greatest fear was the peace of God. And that the ego will say, run, be very afraid. And Holy Spirit says, walk through it with me and I'll show you it's not real. So he was telling me that if I just walk through it with him, walk through that fear, I will see that it's just like a mist and it had no reality. And that's exactly what happened. Um, I walked through it with him and you know, even though all the horror stories I heard about the IRS, you know, that uh, society had painted a picture of them as this evil, <laughs> this evil being that's going to swallow you up and um, garnish your bank account and take everything you owned, although I didn't own a whole lot. Uh, and I went in and, and people there could have not been any more loving and helpful. They did my taxes for me. They worked out a plan. And then when I became disabled, they put me in a non-collectible status. They bent over backwards trying to help me. And before I walked through, so I saw that fear was nothing. It was just an illusion that I made up in my mind and came to believe was true. But it had no reality. And yet it stood like this blockade um, before me, blocking me from what was just beyond it, which was the peace of God. And all I had to do was to walk through it to actually realize that and experience its unreality. Otherwise, I'd be in that uh, frozen state of fear. Um, and I've experienced that in a lot of other fears, you know, in my life. You know, that fears of um, not only mental but physical challenges. That when I walk through them with Holy Spirit, I see and experience their unreality. But it, it really comes from that trust. Um, in knowing that it actually takes you backwards. Forgiveness um, is just as Jesus says here. It's, um, it's the way to return to your original state before forgiveness was necessary. So beyond it is nothing new. It was just something, it was a remembrance of what always was and how I, how I was created originally in the perfection of God. So anyhow, um, sorry for those who heard that story before, but um, it just marries up so perfectly with the reading today. I wanted to share it again. So thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, it's so oh, happy thank to hear you. Any story. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Oh, dear. Mm, thank My goodness. You. Yes, it um, is. Uh, Transforming the big bad IRS into someone with love mirroring your own love. Wow, thank you. Yes, thank you. And thank you for uh, saying it. I had never heard it. And I hope you say it again when it's when it fits. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I hope it's helpful. Yeah. 
That was beautiful, Anna. Thank you. And a gorgeous segue into our top of the hour lesson this morning, where our holy partner, Fran, is going to lead us again this morning in this great lesson. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, holy partner, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are in review six, last section of the first part of the workbook. And today we are on lesson 209. I feel the love of God within me now. So I thought I'd read some from uh, the original lesson, lesson 189. So here goes. I feel the love of God within me now. There is a light in you the world cannot perceive. And with its eyes, you will not see this light, for you are blinded by the world. Yet you have eyes to see it. It is there for you to look upon. It was not placed in you to be kept hidden from your sight. This light is a reflection of the thought we practice now. To feel the love of God within you is to see the world anew, shining in innocence, alive with hope, and blessed with perfect charity and love. Who could feel fear in such a world as this? This is the world the love of God reveals. It is so different from the world you see through darkened eyes of malice and of fear that one belies the other. Only one can be perceived at all. The other one is wholly meaningless. What would you see? The choice is given you. But learn and do not let your mind forget this law of seeing. You will look upon that which you feel within. If you feel the love of God within you, you look out upon a world of mercy and love. Today, we pass illusions as we seek to reach to what is true in us and feel its awe-embracing tenderness, its love which knows us perfect as itself, its sight which is the gift its love bestows on us. We learn the way today. Simply do this. Be still and lay aside all thoughts of what you are and what God is. All concepts you have learned about the world. All images you hold about yourself. Empty your mind of everything it thinks it is either true or false or good or bad. Of every thought it judges worthy and all the ideas of which it is ashamed. Hold on to nothing. Do not bring with you one thought the past has taught, nor one belief you ever learned before from anything. Forget this world. Forget this course. And come with holy, empty hands unto your God. And the end of the lesson, there's a prayer, and I'll read that. Father, We do not know the way to you, but we have called, and you have answered us. We will not interfere. Salvation's ways are not our own, for they belong to you, and it is unto you we look for them. Our hands are open to receive your gifts. We have no thoughts we think apart from you and cherish no beliefs of what we are or who created us. Yours is the way that we would find and follow. And we ask but that 
your will, which is our own as well, be done in us and in the world that is, it becomes a part of heaven now. Amen. Now we'll go over to lesson 189, I mean 209. I am not a body. I am free. I am still as God created me. I feel the love of God within me now. The love of God is what created me. The love of God is everything I am. The love of God proclaimed me as his son. The love of God within me sets me free. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. I am not a body. I am free. But I am still as God created me. I feel the love of God within me now. The love of God is what created me. The love of God is everything I am. The love of God proclaimed me as his son. The love of God within me sets me free. I am not a body. I am free. For I am still as God created me. Amen. That was fantastic, Fran. Nice job of choosing things. Yes, I agree. Thank you so much, Fran. Thank you, Thank you, guys. Thank you. That was pretty masterful. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, friend. This is Yvonne. I have to chime in, too. I just love how you go back to the original lessons because I know for me sometimes, you know, the lesson goes by and then we're on another day or we're on another review and it's like it goes for my awareness. But now I realize your brain is constantly back and, and it's wonderful and it just makes me feel so good and I'm so thankful. Thank you. I'm complete. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so glad I'm doing it then. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> yes, Fran. I, when Lori and Lee put out a call for someone to do this, I did not volunteer because I knew that I would not be able to show up every day at this time to do it. But you were able to show up every day at this time. And you know, it's blessing you as much as it's blessing us, and it's blessing us quite a bit. So thank you again. 
Um, feel free. Oh, thank you, Ida. Thanks. I agree, Ida. Thank you. Good morning, well, this is Jessica. Oh, um, you you want? Should I go first, Sandra, and then? Sure. Okay. Um, I I love how the lesson reflects the reading, and how the reading reflects the lesson. Of course, you know, the love of God is shining in me now. I think is how it goes. Is is reminding us that. The littleness is not real. The littleness is not what we are. Um, and and the, um, the reading is doing the same thing. The first paragraph, as I was listening to someone read it, started out, you have been told to bring the darkness to light and guilt to holiness. Uh, and it goes on later. Therefore, it is the tiny part of yourself, the little thought that seems to split off and separate, which the Holy Spirit needs. And when I heard that, I was thinking, oh, oh, I got to know what this little part is. I got to pay attention now because if the Holy Spirit needs this little part, I have to know what it is. And of course, the little part is the tiny, bad idea that created this tiny thought of this illusory world and this uh, illusory body. And these thoughts about good and evil and right and wrong and all of that. I mean, to be told that that is tiny, you know, that the whole world that I thought was what it's all about, you know, what people think it's all about is this world and and this life of being in this quote-unquote world, that is tiny. And that's the tiny thought, this little thought, that I am to give the Holy Spirit. You can have this thought. And um, the lesson, I feel the love of God within me now, is the antidote for the little thought. Um, because if I feel the love of God within me now, then, then I know that that's the truth. Because if I feel it, it, I know it's the truth. And therefore, I know that the little thought about all this other stuff, like, you know, what's wrong with my body and whether or not I need to uh, worry about it, (laughs) which I ask myself every day or many, many times a day, um, that's a little thought too because that's not the love of God within me now. Um, Worrying about or thinking about like, oh, you know, when are they, this plan, we're going on vacation in, in like a week and a half and many people need to arrive at the same place. And I start thinking about, you know, how's this one going to get there and do I have to do something about it and provide a transportation? That's not the love of God within me now. I put the future in the hands of God. Thank you very much. <laughs> and Lee's been saying thank you very much and I... I laugh every time because it's funny. But um, if I feel the love of God within me now, then all of that stuff is little. And it splits me off and separates me. So I, I, that's what the Holy Spirit needs. If the Holy Spirit needs something, boy, I want to give it. 
I want to give it right now. I'm complete. Thank you. Thanks, Jessica. Jessica, that was great. Very helpful to me. Thank you. That was wonderful, Jessica. Thanks. Everybody done saying thank you? <laughs> okay. Um, so this, is, this, this lesson, 209, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me, is an interesting lesson, I find, that goes with, I feel the love of God within me now. Uh, and this morning, Harrison asked a question of, well, where do you feel it? If I'm not a body, then where am I feeling it? <laughs> and and that's the thing. Love is a vibration. And I am a vibration. I I was thinking yesterday, I was focusing in on the breath and identifying with the breath. I am the breath. I am the breath of God, which breathes life into form. I'm not the form. I am the breath that breathes the life into form. I give the form the meaning that it has. But I'm not the form. I am the love. I am the love that I feel within this body. And this body represents the ego, which is the ego is addicted to form. It, it can't, it, it just, it wants more and more form. <laughs> but that's not who I am. I am the love. I am the breath. That's where my identity is. And when this body is feeling the love of God within it, it's because the body has surrendered to the truth of who she is. I'm complete. Well, thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Very true. Thank you. Still with you there, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks, Sandra. And when I think we can see that we're not the body and we are love, then we so lovingly take care of our body because that is what we are going to love other people through. If we have a job taking care of preschoolers, you cannot imagine how many of those, well, you probably could, but those children, they just want to come and hug your leg. They want to touch your skirt. They are learning about their bodies. So you want them to know that they are lovable. They were created in love. And so it is very important for us to lovingly take care of our form I'm complete. Thank you, Robin Ray. 
Oh, thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. That's yeah. something I've thought about. Is I don't have that kind of a job, but hopefully I'll have a, a grandchild one of these days, one of these years, and and I'll get to visit, or that little that little one will visit me, and I'll have that experience. I've looked, that would be so wonderful. <laughs> Thanks, I'm complete. Oh, thank you. I know that feeling too. Um, you know, when this is Lana, when I think about I feel the love of God within me now, it's it's um or experience that I I I feel it as a harmony and it is uh, through unity. It's like um I'm in a certain place of peace and uh, you know, love attracts love. Love recognizes love. And there's that miraculous, mystical, holy instant when that happens, when love recognizes love and uh, remembers itself. And that's, for me, that's feeling in that moment, I feel the love of God. Um, so it's um, it's the holy instant. So I'm complete. Thank you. I didn't actually thank you. I didn't mean um, for anyone who doesn't have children or grandchildren. I was thinking yesterday about Dennis, my friend, my love, and I was thinking about his oxygen and how he takes care of it. And I was thinking about medications, and I've heard a lot of people say that they are on medications in this group and how each medication is full of God's love. Like every time you take that medication, you are saying, God, heal me through this medication. This is is what I have been given, that God is showing me how to take care of my form. So, yeah, there's so many billions of ways that are that, and, and that we are aware of thousands of ways to take care of our form lovingly. Thank you for listening. Thanks for that, Robin Marie. We Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank <laughs> you, everyone, for sharing. Hi. Um, whew. This is a, a pretty, pretty um, deep part of the text, and I think it it goes it goes deep in two ways for me. The um, the depth of of the identification false of a false sense of self identified with body in its separation and um, the unconscious guilt that the um, the text speaks of there is no love in the world without ambivalence, the love-hate ambivalence, because we've made an ego and then we hate it. Or we, wait a second, <laughs> I screwed that one up. <laughs> we, we hate the ego because it separates us, but we love it because we made it. And when we continue to see the, this, this part of the text talks about seeing with the body's eyes, seeing myself as an image of my own making, 
I see myself as an, an imagination, and it, and it speaks of this game of children's make-believe. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a child make-believing I'm a body. Now, this is really a kind and soft way of putting it, but it doesn't negate the seriousness of it for me. And however long I play it, regardless of how much imagination I bring to it, do not confuse it. Do not confuse it with the world below, the world of fear below it, or seek to make it real. Because by denying that I'm doing that, by, I, by making believe and I continuing to identify with myself as an image of my own making, I'm denying the identifi- identification with a capital I, that I am love as love created me, period. There's nothing else. And everything God created is like itself. I am like everything else God created like itself. He proclaimed me as his one son, which encompasses the universes of universes. So, you know, this make-believe little self doesn't even bear mentioning to me in this in this part of the text, the, the eyes that send out the messages of what the body would perceive as itself. It's a double concept. The body contains love-hate, it contains life and death, it con- uh, contains truth and illusion. It's a double concept that means nothing. So we're looking at ourselves as the nothing, the nothing that it really is. We're seeing something that doesn't exist. And it's all stuff we've read up until this point. It's all stuff we're going to continue to read it in the text throughout the end of this book. So let's not be confused about what the book is trying to teach me here. I'm trying not to be confused with what the book is trying to teach me. I am as love created me like itself. God is love. God created me like himself in the same qualities and and images and it says in in the first chapters there is no image for us to be perceived we cannot know ourselves as an image but we can know ourselves and the experience of being love and loving everything as ourselves everything everything in the universe and anything opposed to that idea is is a denial of myself as God create, created me to be. It's so eloquent, eloquently simple that I don't need to even think anymore. There's no choice, nothing to choose between, nothing to decide about. <laughs> you know, go through the day but love everything as myself. And this is the real world, the real world, bright and shining with innocence. That, you know, that the one step that, that God created is once unperfect, that I, my one purpose is to forgive everything, everything and everybody as God's one son, because that is who I am, that anything about it can be a mistake. So where learning ends, I'm all about where learning ends. And before, oh, that's in, that's in tomorrow's reading. <laughs> in my book, it's part of today. So, um, you know, the messenger's the perception sends. 
I see the world as I am, not as the world is. I see through the eyes of God, or I see through the the little limited and 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 um, judgmental, you know, slice and dice reality according to how it suits me kind of perspective. And this I know because I've done it my whole life, and I've learned to see through the forgiving, loving eyes of Christ, who is me. I am the Son of God. I am Christ. Christ is the course defines itself to me, which is well within my knowing myself as being true, true to myself, to know myself as I am, as God created me. Rah, rah, I'm all down with it. <laughs> thanks for letting me, thanks for letting me cheer, cheer us on. <laughs> Thank you, love, Lori love and Lee love and all my other loves on the call. <laughs> I am complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Thank, Thank you, you Robin Marie. Thank you, Judy. You're a brave soul. You're a brave soul, Judy. <laughs> and I just want to say thank you to everyone else who shared this morning because I've accidentally had my phone on mute, so you probably haven't heard me. <laughs> complete thanks. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> one last bit of gratitude to Lori for um, your closing with that. Um, looking, looking inward now to the face of my soul, looking inward now to the face of my soul, because it so resonated throughout my meditations all day. I've been praying on looking into the face of Christ, looking inward to see the face of Christ within me, but somehow, if you can repeat that, what you shared yesterday, I would really love it or just send it on to me. It really meant a lot to me. Thank you. Uh, shall I wait? Do you want to repeat for Judy? Oh, go ahead, Lee. I'll, I'll wait till the end. Oh, okay. Well, um, <clears throat> A great marriage today of a reminder of 189 with today's section. To share a little from 189 and the way he sets up what he introduces in this section as the truth of me and the nature of the tiny little part of me, the little part of my mind has splintered away from full awareness the full awareness that's available in every moment to guide me that I would see everything in perfect reflection of the truth of me. That's what wholeness offers me in every moment. And there's a tiny little part of me that's splintered away from the awareness at all. And that tiny part of me conceives of everything mistakenly and makes of a world of unity and grace love and joy, instead a world that appears all about separation, fear, condemnation, and, um, and grievance, um, difficulty and tribulation, um, trembling, trembling, fear, 
because the mind doesn't have access to what um, stills that fear. We read in 189, I'm just going to share from the first three paragraphs. There's a light in you the world cannot perceive. And with its eyes, you'll not see this light in you. For you're blinded by the world. Yet, he says, this is a profoundly important statement. You have eyes to see that light in you. It's there for you to look upon. It wasn't placed in you to be kept hidden. This light is a reflection of the thought we practice now. Then he tells me to feel the love of God within you is to see the world anew, shining in innocence, alive with hope, and blessed with perfect charity and love. What world is he speaking of? He's speaking of the world that abides all about me, that the ego is blind to, and the ego tries to persuade me is not as it is in truth. Just as the ego tries to persuade me that the light in me is not there to see. The ego has a distorted relationship with everything across this life. Myself, the world, my God, you, all the relationship is distorted by the ego. And every relationship becomes holy when guided by Holy Spirit. That's the, um, that's the deliverance. Um, forgive me, I'm just going to tap a line here. There we go. Um, it's that difference that releases me. That second paragraph of Lesson 189, I Feel the Love of God Within Me Now, asks in relation to that world of light, who could feel fear in such a world? It welcomes you, rejoices that you came, sings your praises as it, the world light reveals, keeps you safe from every form of danger and of pain. It offers you a warm and gentle home in which to stay a while. It blesses you throughout the day and watches as silent guardian of your holy sleep. It sees salvation in you and protects the light in you in which it sees its own light and salvation. It offers you its flowers and its snow in thankfulness for your benevolence. This is a world that blesses me because it recognizes that I hold within my proper vision um, a recognition of it. This is a two-way gaze. My gaze upon the world and light and its gaze on me as what I am in truth. Finally, in the third paragraph, this is the world the love of God reveals. It's so different from the world you see through darkened eyes of malice and fear that one belies the other. Only one, he reminds me again, can be perceived at all. The other is wholly meaningless. A world in which forgiveness shines on everything and peace offers its gentle light to everyone is inconceivable to those 
who see a world of hatred rising from attack, poised to avenge, to murder, and destroy. Do you see what he tells me so many times? I have two guides as to what to make of this life and world, of what you are, what my father is to me. Two guides. The ego's is dark and frightful. The Holy Spirit's is bright and inviting, always inviting, always an entree to unity, to perfection, to safety, to guidance, to strength. It's everything that allows me walk a world that's strewn with palms because of the nature of what I am and how intimately what I am and all that I behold are interwoven in one reality. There's one reality, not two. I'm not a real being who walks an unreal world. The unreality is imparted by the ego. Holy Spirit and vision reveals to me that there's a unity between what I am and all that I'll behold here or anywhere. When my mind awakens, it awakens to the unity that makes everything part of the grace that I am and that I was created to be, behold, and extend. That's the difference between what we come to in this section when I'm told there is that which my mind is in truth and there is that which I would behold in truth of every moment. And there's a tiny little portion of my mind that's splintered away from that truth in forgetfulness. And my awareness is tracking not with the immensity of all that I am, and the clarity in my mind, but my awareness is tracking with a little part that forgot all that's true. And in the forgetting has constructed a world of fear and apparent separation and apparent body identification. When my mind is restored to that wholeness in clarity, or my heart is awakened to what I am and what my God is and what this life is about. Everything then is seen in a unity that we've just spoken of, right? That little part of my mind that splintered away in forgetfulness is the source of the delusional thought system which makes of this life such a frightful countenance. But I want to be returned to what we mentioned in paragraph three of today's lesson. I want to be returned to the world the love of God reveals. And that's the world of wholeness, the world of perfect sanity. Nothing delusional about the thought system the Holy Spirit wants to restore to my acquaintance. That thought system is everything that I read in this course that reflects the loveliness, the beauty, the ease, the safety, the unity of all things seen in the light. Finally, when he speaks of cloud banks here, he speaks of this little fractured part of my mind in its confusion 
has erected a cloud bank between my awareness and the light. And in that cloud bank, I've mistaken everything I see in accord with the two principles, fear and separation. Fear and separation, everything seen through that filter. If I'm willing to be taken through that bank of clouds toward the light, then there is nothing that of a shadow between me and the light that can prevent the light from its illumination. And, and the principle is so simple. Would I understand what I am? Would I understand what you are? Would I understand what this world is or this life offers? Then I need only be delivered from the grips of the tiny little mad part of my mind that sees everything through a filter of fear and separation and delivered to the enormity, the immensity, the grandeur of what's true of me and in light of the truth of me is revealed as the world the love of God reveals. So different from the world I see through darkened eyes of malice and fear that one totally belies the other. Um, thanks, everyone. I'm complete. No, oh, thank you, Lee. That was beautiful, Lee. That thank, was thank, so thank you. Thank you, Lee. Yes. Thank you. you reminded me of President Lincoln, if he knew Course in Miracles, you know, with malice toward none, with charity toward all. Thank you, Lee. That's great. Thanks, Ida. Boy, you can, I don't know how you can read paragraph 93 and not be swept away with the desire for this, this world of light um, that he describes as being available to an awakened vision whose only job, Holy Spirit, is to restore. Um, thank you, Ida. Complete. No, no problem. Thanks, Ida. Thanks, Lee. Just to put a punctuation mark on all that, Lesson 75 is a gorgeous reflection of everything you just said. Lesson 75, the light has come. Thanks, Lee. Why I so agree about 75, just spectacular. <laughs> oh, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, <laughs> what a gorgeous reading and what gorgeous shares this morning. I remember... Um, I remember very clearly the first time the full import of this section landed in my awareness. And it felt to me as if I had been turned inside out. <laughs> and and the, the full import is still revealing itself, but um, I'm, I'm remembering 
in lesson, or not lesson, in this chapter, in paragraph 49, he says, there is nothing outside of you. There is nothing outside of you. And if I, if I am confined to a body, there is nothing outside of you makes no sense to me at all. But the freedom from the body is in this light. And um, gosh, my thoughts are everywhere right now. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of how beautifully this section, how eloquently it describes what he means when he says projection makes perception. Projection makes perception. When I don't understand what I am, when I don't understand that the light of God, the love of God is within me, I'm very afraid. And all of my fear and insanity I project out onto the world. All of this subconscious material that the body and the ego serve to keep suppressed outside of my awareness, all of my fear, all of my guilt, everything that ever hurt me, everything I was ever angry about or felt betrayed by, all of that is kept out of my awareness and my subconscious. And from that material, I draw a wealth of error and project it onto the world. Those are the clouds, that heavy bank, that veil of dark, all of that subconscious material that ego serves to keep suppressed and outside of my awareness becomes the food, the material, the raw stuff that I project onto the world. And then I see everything that I ever thought would hurt me outside me, hurting me. Um, from there I want to talk about these clouds will not bruise your heel. There's a promise in the Bible, actually it's, it's the first promise of Christ, the very first promise of Christ in this error that we made, this enmity that rose up between us and the world, this mistake by which everything became something that would harm me from this raw subconscious material that became a cloud. Christ consciousness is that awareness that it's all nothing. It is all nothing. It will not bruise your heel because this enmity, this mistaken idea of harm and fear is nothing. It cannot hurt you. It will not bruise your heel. It will not it will not become a source making you a victim of heartless fate. All of that is the ego's error. I'm a victim of heartless hate. And I project it on the world and then I think I'm all alone. When, when that error is gone, when I've accepted atonement for myself, when I allow the truth that 
God does not forgive because God never condemned. I projected that error to God and made made a world in which I had to hide from him. I thought. <laughs> and that world, that peace I stole from heaven, I clouded with guilt. And then I projected it on the world. When that's gone, when all that is gone and I realize that I built a world on it, I built, I did that with my mind, with my very powerful mind. I built a world on that belief. When I realized that a feather passes through it, it's nothing. It's nothing. I don't have to go excavate my subconscious. It's nothing. It's all a mistaken idea of separation from God. When that error is gone, now I know, now I know that all of that material that I projected and sent messengers out to that to return my belief to me in my own guilt, when that's gone, it does feel like I turned inside out in just exactly the way he describes it in paragraph 93. That's how that feels. I'm inside out. I'm just the love walking in and the love walking out. And when I know that, then I realize that you're just the love. That all of us have turned ourselves inside out. And now I know what he means when he says we'll draw them from their private worlds. Because none of that private world is real. It's not real for me. It's not real for anyone. It became the basis of why we couldn't communicate. But we both, we all know the language of love. We know it when we hear it in our hearts. And we know it when we can listen with our hearts and see with our hearts. I feel the love of God within me now. <laughs> that was an interesting question. Where do we feel that love? And um, I'm remembering there's somewhere in A Course of Love that talks about the light body in a way that uh, he describes this as a portal, a place, a place where we can access this love. The light body is always with us. That's the love walking in, the love walking out. This light body, this subtle energy body, it has a portal. It has a portal and we're designed so that we can be aware of it. He says, when you call upon the wisdom of your heart, you call upon me. There's a portal for that. And when I find that portal in my own heart, in my own light body, I have no questions. I have no questions. I'm, I'm the love walking in. I'm the love walking out, just the way he describes it in paragraph 94. I no longer have to rely on thoughts for translation of my experience. My experience is transformed. My experience is transformed so that only love shines. 
on this world. Because that's the truth. The light has come. And we carry it within our hearts as the love of God. I'm complete. Oh, Laurie, how beautiful. That was beautiful, Laurie. Thank you. I just really enjoyed you saying, I'm just the love walking in. I'm just the love walking out. I'm going to take that. Thank you so much, Lori. Thanks, Lori. Sweet. Sweet, sweet. It forms the basis, you know, of so many lessons. Creation's gentleness is all I see. Um, anyway, I think to close this call here uh, this morning, it's from chapter 12, The Two Emotions. Where he talks about each one peoples his world with figures from his past. And through these strange and shadowy figures, the insane relate to their insane world. You have but two emotions, yet in your private world you react to each of them as though they were the other. For love cannot abide in a world apart where when it comes it is not recognized. You see what is not there and you hear what is soundless. Little children, would you offer this to your father? For if you offer it to yourself, you are offering it to him and he will not return it. For it is unworthy of you because it is unworthy of him. Yet he would release you from it and set you free. His saint answer tells you, that what you have offered yourself, all this guilt, is not true. But his offering to you has never changed. You who know not what you do can learn what insanity is and look beyond it. It has given you to learn how to deny insanity and come forth from your private world in peace. You will see all that you denied in your brothers because you denied it in yourself. I think there's one unmuted line. I don't know which it is. Here we go. Let's see if I can find that again. You'll see all that you denied in your brothers because you denied it in yourself. For you will love them. You will love them and draw nigh unto them. You will draw them to yourself, perceiving them as witnesses to your reality, which you share with God. I am with them as I am with you. And we will draw them from their private worlds. For as we are united, so would we unite with them. The Father welcomes all of us in gladness. And gladness is what we should offer him. For every son of God has given you to whom God gave himself. You see how we belong to each other? And it is God to whom you must offer them to recognize his gift to you. Do not seek vision through your eyes, for you made your way of seeing that you might see in darkness, and in this you are deceived. Beyond this darkness, and yet still within you, is the vision of Christ who looks on all in light. Your vision comes from fear, as his from love, and he sees for you 
as your witness to the real world. He is the Holy Spirit's manifestation, looking always on the real world and calling forth its witnesses and drawing them unto you. For he loves what he sees within you, and he would extend it. And he will not return unto the Father until he has extended your perception even unto him. And their perception is no more, for he has returned you to the Father with him. Two emotions, love and fear. It's in chapter 12. Thank you, everyone. Amen. Amen. Terrific. Thank you, Laurie. Wonderful. Thank you, Laurie. Amen. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you, everyone.